0: Hey everyone, last week we mentioned we'd be having Sir Duffer on to kick off Crown Month. Unfortunately, Duffer recently had some surgery and won't be joining us this week. Don't worry, he's recovering well and once he's feeling better, we're going to have him on to follow up with him. In the meantime, be sure to keep Sir Duffer and his family in your thoughts and prayers, and if you know the guy, maybe reach out and let him know you're thinking of him. This week is going to be a little different as we have a few different things in the works. We still plan on delivering our Crown Belt Month in February, but there may be a few extra releases between now and then. This week, we're dropping a teaser of things to come. Barney Vidalia and Lord Quan Quarrel are going to take the whack show to women and non-binary folks around the Amptgard world to try and make things a little bit less of a sausage fest. We're still trying to work out the best day and time for these to release, but for now, we're going to put them in our prime slot and see how things shake out. Let us know what you think, be sure to leave feedback, and as we firm things up on our end, you can expect these to become a somewhat regular release. We also have a few other surprises during Crown Month. Stay tuned for those. In the meantime, the WAC crew are hosting a class for the Winner's Edge mid all on podcasting. If you're interested in starting your own show, uh, be sure to come. Even if you don't want to start your own project, we've got a lot to show off. Um, you know, If you want to see what happens behind the scenes here at WAC, uh, it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. With all of that out of the way, I'm going to hand things over to Baronet A. Vidalia and Lord Kwan. You can expect to hear from us again next Friday at noon, but for now, we're going to roll the intro and let them take over for this week. I'm Sir Thunderhammer. And I'm Teflon Frosthammer. And I'm Cabbage Hammer. <laughs> and none of those dildos are going to be here. Hi, this
1: is Barney Vidalia. This is uh, Lord Quan Quarrel. And this is WAP. That's women, AmpGuard, and people.
0: If AmpGuard knighthood means anything, you can't knife a motherfucker and keep it.
2: And the thing that people need to understand, essentially, about arts and sciences events is that your scores don't matter.
0: Do you want a black phoenix or a white phoenix? Jeez, language, man. We're yeah, on right. a freaking podcast, for fuck's sake. Mind-blowing experience,
1: right? This afternoon, we have Captain Sethriel McQuill from Fira Renai with us today. Say hi. Hi. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Don't put me on the spot or anything. It's all right. <laughs> you're good. You're good. So, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh... Well, we have already failed the uh, women portion of this because I am very non-binary. <laughs> I think Quan is too, is that right? <laughs> we're doing our best. I'm a person. I'm sort of a person. We're, we're, all, allegedly. we're all people. But... <laughs> we're attempts. <laughs> <laughs> um, I am the Chancellor of Fair and I. I am technically the pro-tem Chancellor right now because we have not had anyone... Who was either comfortable themselves or that I felt comfortable pushing into the position for roughly the last three years. Um, I've held every local office uh, and zero kingdom offices because kingdom office is a headache. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I say with two people in kingdom office. Right now.
1: <laughs> so, um, what exactly do you do as chancellor?
3: Uh, as chancellor, for the most part, I put in the credits and I hang on to the money. Um, there's honestly not that much to do at a park this small. Uh, when there are votes, I run the voting. When there is um, an event, I help run the event. But for the most part, I take, I do sign in credits and I take care of the money.
1: Nice. Um. So both of you have been like in Amptgard longer than i have uh how and and you said you've held basically every office there is to hold how does chancellor compare to the others
3: i would say there's less to do on a day-to-day basis but you are responsible for a lot more if anything goes wrong um like if money goes missing it is on your head and you could be legally liable um <laughs> However, at a regular park day, pretty much all I have to do is bring the book.
1: Okay.
2: Yeah. Like, I just remember the FR was my first park, so Seth Riel was the first that I ever played AmCard with. Um, And I remember that, like, the first month that I was playing, we had some dude in as Chancellor. I don't remember him, but he got banned because he stole the books
3: mm-hmm. and the money. Like, he stole it all. He
2: just and oh, so, shit.
3: like, oh, it, it was a huge issue. Uh, his name was Seer. He was an old friend of our current monarch mm-hmm. uh, who found out that our current monarch is running, was running an Amp card park. Um, and came out to join and wormed his way into power, wormed all of his old dildo friends into power with him. Committed voter fraud. When I ran against him for Baron. Oh, no. Yeah, it was this whole issue. He was in charge of the uh, write-in votes. And somehow everyone who was there live voted for me. And everyone who voted uh, write-in voted for him. You know, since he was the only one who saw Oof. votes, So it came out to a dead tie. Um, and he said, okay, as Baron, I get to vote an extra vote to break a tie. And I'm like, oh, no, you don't. Uh, so mm. we called the prince at the time, who I think was Puddin', talked to him about it, um, and he was like, yeah, that's not okay. Uh, so we talked to Puddin' about it, uh, it kind of went into limbo for a little while, mm-hmm. Seer stole all of our materials that were in his possession, ran away, and we never heard from him again, except we got our lockbox back. Yep. We didn't get our ledger back, so we have no idea if the right amount of money was in the lockbox, but we got some money back. Wow. Um, and my first act as Baroness was to ban him. Perfect. That seems like <laughs> the fitting,
1: you know, seal on that
3: situation. Yeah. How, how long was he banned for? Uh, six months, but we have not seen him since. We did see him once during
2: his ban. I remember it because he was playing not empty Guard across the creek from us at uh, mm-hmm. the park that we played at.
3: Yeah, we play at a really nice park that has one huge open field and a smaller open field with a playground and stuff. Okay. Um, He came to our park, and we had to explain to him that, no, you can't play with us. You are banned. I don't know what banned means <laughs> to you, but to me, it means you are not welcome here. Right. Um... And he and his little crony friends who were also banned, mm-hmm. uh, for aiding and abetting, um, went to play not Amp Guard by the other side of the creek. And right. Stayed.
1: Blamped Guard, as we call it. <laughs> <laughs> it was so
3: ridiculous. Uh, but yeah, but
2: after I heard that story, cause that day, cause I didn't know what was going on. I had been in the game for maybe a week at that right. point. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I wasn't paying attention to anything. Um. But then I, I realized that like my first three weeks of credits or so are, have never been put in the orc because they were gone. They were stolen. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't look like I started AmpGuard in November of 2014. But I did, I swear. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so both of you are from FR. You started there. Did you start there?
3: Kind of. Uh, okay. My first official day of AmpGuard was at Farrah and I, But when I was about 14 years old in mm-hmm. Franklin, Tennessee, my best friend Jason Lawrence told me about this fun new game he found out about called AmpGuard, spelled A-M-P-G-A-U-R-D. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> and we started a high school chapter using duct tape and PVC weapons. Perfect. Um, And very safe. And I played fake AmpGuard for about four years before... I joined a larger community. I sometimes wonder what would happen if like Mekia or Radiant Valley came to Franklin and like checked us out like, who are these toddlers playing our game? <laughs> <laughs> like, would we have been welcome in the budding principality? Would we have been told, hey, you guys need to chill? Hmm. Maybe less than duct tape. (laughs) I actually got a black eye from those duct tape weapons one time. Uh, And I am not good at words or subtext and a teacher asking me, hey, Seth, what happened to your eye? The worst thing you can possibly say is, oh, my boyfriend hit me. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Did you explain after that? Like I explained to the counselor. Ah
4: <laughs> fair, fair.
2: Oh uh, yeah. But I mean who hasn't been injured by their uh partner at the time in AmpGuard? Because I remember my first event, my partner and I were doing the midnight Iron Man and he gave me a bloody nose. So. <laughs> <laughs> like who
5: doesn't?
3: Um, I was playing another game with Avi uh, using our amp guard sticks. Mm -hmm. We were doing just a little fighter practice just to get people back in the mood of fighting. Right. Um, And I stepped in a hole and kind of twisted, not really twisted my ankle, but like almost twisted my ankle at the same Mm -hmm. time as he hit me right on the shin with a massive... pole arm right and there was this resounding crack and like for a solid three seconds I was like oh god my leg is broken
1: oh no it
3: wasn't I was fine I had a lightly twisted ankle that went away after two days mm-hmm. but there was a solid second where I was like we're in the middle of nowhere he's gonna have to carry me to the hospital
1: yeah well when something like makes that crunch or whatever <laughs> ugh, you always fear the worst
4: hmm
5: I mean you always
1: <laughs> so you both told us about how you got into Amtgard. what kept you in Amtgard?
5: like what kept you coming back well when I first started FR was kind of dwindling um, I think we were still trying to make ourselves a little bit more noticed um, <clears throat> and within my first six months uh, I was asked to be in this position. Just... It was either regent or champion. Yeah, I I think it was regent because I signed a war. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and I had doing so. I just I filled the seat basically and put, um,
2: and then the next time that we did off the positions, I ran for Baron. Um, mm-hmm. uh, so I got to be Baron for a year. Uh, and twice.
5: Um, I remember during my, I
2: think in the middle of my first reign, uh, that our chancellor quit. So I then took over all the chancellor duties as well.
3: Sarah and I has a very hard time keeping people in office. I see.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, it was an interesting time. So I was trying to post every park day, like hype us up and get people out Mm -hmm. that a lot of were on our Facebook, but weren't getting out. Um, I made sure that I was there.
5: Meet twice a week. Oh, so I was there twice a week, and it was exhausting. Oh my God, local part can just be so much more exhausting than Kingdom, just because of it, a weekly requirement. Yeah, you have to keep up with it. Mm-hmm. Uh,
3: it's not as much work, but it is every single week.
5: Yeah,
3: I think that's that's what tore me down <laughs> from local <laughs> office. <laughs>
2: Uh, trying to run two positions at local office is definitely nowhere near as hard of working for like three weeks every, or one week every month or so on Kingdom stuff. Like, <laughs> sure, I'm really stressed about it all the time and people message me randomly and it's people who I can't remember their names know my name right off the bat, which is terrifying. I'm so sorry that I don't ever names. <laughs> but like, but I'm not doing it every
5: week.
1: Yeah. It's like a lot of work all at once at kingdom level Mm -hmm. and then just like constant small work at park level. Yeah.
3: Mm -hmm. Um, I have the same issue with like people know me, but I don't know them because I've been in the game for so long Mm -hmm. and I post online so much and I post online under my AmpGuard name. So it's like, oh, it's Sethro. I'm like, oh, it's whoever the fuck you are. (laughs) yeah I
1: definitely knew who you were before you knew who I was. Mm-hmm. so
3: that's one of those things that just happens when you've been in the game for a decade. Um, mm-hmm. the story grows <laughs> <laughs> There's no story there, but everyone knows
1: it. so um, I don't know about you guys, but like one time when I was in an event, I would overhear like people talking about me before they knew like my face so i would walk up and people would be like shit talking radiant valley calling them a bunch of stick jocks or whatever and then they would be like so it's nice to meet you who are you and i'm like i'm the monarch of radiant valley
3: (laughs) (laughs) so what were you gonna say uh are they wrong no
2: (laughs) (laughs) it's not all stick jocks
1: we have our token flurb okay yeah. Shout out to Boop. <laughs> Ooh, Z too. Z can be a flurb.
2: Yeah, I was like, like K kind of flurby too. K is kind like, of flurby.
1: We have we have three flurbs, I'll have you know.
2: Okay, we have all of our baits that haven't been beat to death bar dogs. Is basically
3: what it is. <laughs> Yet. Yet. Is Z really a baby? Hasn't she been in the game for like three years? She's still. <laughs> I'm
1: sorry. So Z has been in the game about as long as I have. However, she first played at Dragon's Hollow before she came to Radiant Valley in like twenty
5: fourteen. So Z has been in the game
1: longer than I have, technically, by like quite a while.
2: You started in twenty fourteen, then I'm a baby. (laughs) (laughs) Well she she took a break, so. Mm I'm sorry. You're not a baby.
3: You are
1: a full-grown person. By, by those line of reasoning, I am also a baby. You are a baby.
3: You okay. are a little the bit of a baby. <laughs> That's fair.
1: I got. I got. Last time I was on uh, whack, they asked me about my newbie goggles, and I was like, Do I count as a newbie? <laughs> <laughs> uh,
3: has anyone else here ever like not really gotten involved, but like seen the state of the M guard report?
1: No, I've never seen a State of Guard report.
3: I think I've attempted
2: to do a State of Guard report when I was the KPM, and I don't think anybody cared.
3: State of the guard report was an inter-kingdom thing that uh, Dame ty did before mm-hmm. she died. Um, they're actually thinking about restarting it, that belt line. Um, but obviously, when she died, no one wanted to try to fill those shoes. Mm-hmm. Um... And it kind of just got statistics on, like, the average player, the longest running players, the average park, the longest mm-hmm. running parks, things like that. The average playtime of an AmpGuarder is about three years. Uh, The average lifespan of a park is about four years, three and a half years. Um, So pretty much anyone who has been in the game longer than that is going to be in the game forever. Nice. Unless something terrible. Yeah, unless they get absolutely persona non grata buy some crazy drama and quit the game forever. <laughs> well, I have, what is it?
1: Ten more months, and then I'll hit my three-year mark. <laughs> Yay! And then I'll be your forever <laughs> friend. <laughs>
2: <laughs> You'll be permagard. Mm-hmm. So, uh,
1: as, you know, female-adjacent non-binaries, what would you put <laughs> in the state of Ampguard report?
3: Um, I was actually really interested in uh the gender breakdown, Mm -hmm. uh, especially at all levels of AmCard. And they actually did that. And it turns out women by just base population make up about twenty-five percent of all AmCarders, but somewhere around forty percent of all leadership positions. Nice. Yeah. Um only about 15% of okay okay i'm doing the math wrong uh women make up about 15% of the active fighters so mm-hmm. only roughly half of all women fight actively but there's honestly so much to do in our game that um
1: yeah it's a lot more than fighting
3: yeah and i i think people forget that a lot um especially right now when No, they won't figure it right now because we're doing so much online stuff and online A&S and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm just thinking for my park, since we haven't been to an event in so long, pretty much all we do on the week to week is go out and fight. Right. Like every once in a while, someone will make something cool and we'll be like...
2: (laughs) (laughs) That just feels like FRT. It really does.
1: (laughs) So I know your park regent is doing a lot to Mm -hmm. uh, make A&S more active locally. Mm-hmm. Uh, what would you like to see
3: at your park? Uh and s wise Yeah. I would love to see everyone make their own garb, because right now we have three people who have played for more than a year, and about six people, they don't usually all come out on the same day, but we have a rotating cast of about six people mm-hmm. who have been playing for less than a year, and only have sticks because we made sticks with them. Mm-hmm. And have literally nothing else for AmpGuard. Right. So I would love to see, I want to hold a guard making workshop. And my page actually came up with this fantastic idea of crafting in character.
1: Ooh, that sounds fun.
3: Uh, So I think once it warms up a little bit and we can take sewing machines outside and stuff, we mm-hmm. have a location at one of our parks that has like a power strip. Mm-hmm. We're going to take a bunch of sewing machines out. I don't know if you noticed, but I have three sewing machines. Right. Um, a couple other people have a couple sewing machines, and we're just going to make basic garb in character.
1: That sounds really good. That'll be-
3: mm-hmm. I'm really excited for it.
1: So, at a park that does a lot of fighting, um, and since we were just talking about like the state of Ampguard report and the percentage of like female fighters, what do you think would um, help improve participation from women in Ampguard?
3: I think a lot of it is seeing other women fight mm-hmm. and seeing that it is not just a boys' club and that it's not you don't have to be the princess who gets rescued or the right. NPC or by the sidelines. Like, absolutely nothing wrong if that's all you want to do in Amp Guard. You just want to come out, hang out, do some embroidery or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think seeing that there are other options for women and that if you go out to fight you will not be alone. I think
1: it helps. Right.
3: Yeah, and I think uh
5: with class games, I think it helps women to feel comfortable fighting
2: lots of games. Not necessarily be in the combat. But you can still be out on them.
1: Yeah, you don't always have to be like a frontline bruiser. You can yeah. play like a smart druid or wizard or mm-hmm. archer or mm-hmm. something. Oh
2: yeah. Like there's there's plenty of of options to be able to wet your feet into fighting mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. if it's something that worries you about getting hit or... Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, the first thing I do when I have a female fighter on the field is I hand him a sword and say, hit me as hard as you can. Yeah, And then they hit me and say, no, I said as hard as you can. Mm-hmm. And just keep that going for about as long as it's funny and then kind of explain, okay, this is just to show you, you are not going to hurt me. These right. are not going to hurt you. Mm-hmm. Um. I'm going to hit you about as hard as a mid-level hit. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you'll be hit a little harder than this, sometimes a little bit softer. Um, but literally the worst thing I have ever gotten at Amp Guard was a small bruise. Right. And that was one time. And I think being the one to hit first, it it was from Gun, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think being the one to hit first and being able to see that, like, It doesn't hurt, Mm -hmm. especially on someone they can relate to who is either the same size or smaller than them. Um, And like very clearly not rhino hiding or like Mm -hmm. testosteroneing up uh, and being like, oh, it doesn't hurt. Yeah. Man. And sing every muscle.
1: Right. Because this is one of those lightest touch games.
3: It's not lightest touch. It's no necessary force. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm hmm. Uh, lightest touch plays very differently. Okay, very. a lot. Smaller. It's supposed to be um in actual combat. Lightest touch tends to run a little bit slower than Amp Guard, but not for any lack of trying. Mm-hmm. Um, every lightest touch game is different. Every lightest touch game defines their rules differently. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of them have a rule that you can only hit one time per second, but no one pays attention to that rule. Ah, uh, huh. See, I've only ever played Amp Guard, so. Yeah. Um, I've played Amgard, I've played a little bit of DAG, and there is a local lightest touch LARP called Altera Awakens. That's actually a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And I actually took a whole bunch of Amgarders too one time just to like be the NPC team, try something different, absolutely roll their field. It was fantastic.
1: Yeah. Um So what are I know we were talking about like improving female or non men presence on the field um by having like other non-men fighters, who are some non-men fighters that you look up to?
3: Lexi. Lexi, for <laughs> sure.
2: I do love Lexi and she's fabulous.
3: Um, I really look up to Lexi. I really look up to Fiddles and Valkyrie. Mm-hmm. Um, Valkyrie was quite, she doesn't know this, but she was quite honestly the one who kept me fighting when I was getting beaten down just day after day. Because I saw that it wasn't an issue of um, girls suck; it was an issue of I need to do better.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, I always love to see Elaine. Yeah, I love
5: the caretaker. She's a fantastic fighter, hard, better writer, game. Mm-hmm. Um Seeing a lot of male art around. I love going. Uh, well, now it's silver. but mm-hmm. former East Wind All there a lot of
2: in the game
1: speaking of archers um our paragon archer arco
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah she's a fabulous shot um
1: yeah she ruined my life as a barbarian so.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes uh her her claim to fame for the deadweights was one time uh shooting her bow out of her hands and still holding the arrow at the end <laughs> uh, so that's why she's a deadweight in case anybody didn't know that story
3: I am still not sure what the Deadweights are. Like, I know who is a Deadweight. I just don't know what you are.
2: <laughs> well, so, in case anybody didn't know, the Deadweights are the most exclusive fighting company in AmpGuard because if you get too many warriors, we will kick you out. Um, <laughs> uh, there's uh, the highest warrior achieved by anybody. The Deadweights has been two so far. Um, that is by me and by Riven. <laughs> Because Pyam likes to play jokes on us and give us our second warriors. <laughs> it's very um, but yeah, it, it was more or less just like a joke within pretty much my belt line. And uh I saw all of them being the dead waste and I was like, We have dead weight. They're like, You have to ask the torches, our nemesis. And I was like, Oh jeez <laughs> <laughs> so, so that year I went to uh a Gathering of Clans and uh asked if I could join the Deadweights from the Torches, who are our nemeses. Uh The story of how they became the Deadweights' nemesis is that one year, Pyam won the food fight to have Delos uh, come and teach a fighting class. Um, so at that point, the original founders of the Deadweights, Ribbon, Arco, and uh, Tenebre, Nebi, um, made a, uh, a note with crayon, uh, Saying, will you be our nemesis circle? Yes or no? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> now,
3: I have a very serious question. Do the torches know that they're your nemesis? Yes, yes.
2: We get really? together every time I'm at an, uh wavevent that there's a torch, I go and find the torches uh, because then we uh, exchange poison, uh, which is normally a bottle of whiskey. <laughs> and then we do whiskey shots, which is how I blacked out a clan one year. <laughs> <laughs> was a rough year
3: oh god clan is a terrible place to blackout drunk like you're already in the mountains of new mexico you're already dehydrated like so it was it was
2: it was clan and it was during like my second year being a vegetarian so there was like no food that i could eat oh no (laughs) and so then i went and found the torches and i did a shot with each torch so i hadn't eaten I did a shot with each torch, It was about eight shots. I think I still have the shot glasses somewhere. Uh, cause I'm so sorry. I received all of their shot glasses and uh they got mine and I signed my name on it, but I have all of their names on their shot glasses. Um <laughs> and uh then I walked back up the hill up to like where the dining hall is where those benches are. I don't know the well, sight. Probably a lot of people that might listen to this. Um and I was with Pi and I met one more torch on the way up, and I took a swig from his beer because he didn't want to take a shot. like,
3: Right. So, <laughs> so I still had a drink with him. Um, God, remember back pre-COVID when we used to drink out of each other's cups? I know. The before times. <laughs> the
2: before times. <laughs> remember when you'd have to put on a mask before you got out of your car? It's crazy. Um, but anyway, so. And then we got up to the top of the hill. I was walking with Pie got up to the top of the hill. I remember sitting on the bench and I think Arison was there and there were a couple other people and they were just chatting. I remember sitting there. It was still sunlight. And then I laid down and then the next thing I know, it's dark. I'm sitting on the ground and people are holding my arms. (laughs) Something bad happened. (laughs) That's As much as I'm gonna go to that story because it is rough. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, um, I've heard other stories about the dead weights, uh, like something about the monarch being killed with <laughs> the dagger of his champion. Or, I want to elaborate on that.
5: So, so when I was kingdom champion, uh, uh,
2: King Turin allowed me to appoint the dead as the yeah, crown. Uh which in hindsight is
1: important. Well, they're the dead weights.
2: They're the dead weights. I was the kingdom champion and I was like, you know what? I want my fighting company to be the Crown Guard. He was like, you know what? Okay. <laughs> 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 which was a terrible plan. Um, so at one of the ANS symposiums, uh, we were about to start court. Um I think I went off I was I was hanging out by I wanna say it was Belle.
0: Mm-hmm.
5: Um
2: so, Belle and Caladia. Uh, so, Caladia was like, oh, I have to go to the bathroom. So, she gave, I want to say, Belle <laughs> her dagger. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> that was a terrible plan. Um, so, Belle took that dagger, and when Kaladia came back, stabbed Kaladia, and then stabbed me. I got one throw off to try and hit somebody. Um, but I think I hit her in her dead leg. Of course. <laughs> it <happens>. And <laughs> so
3: did she just, like, knee crawl to the king? And
2: Well, like, I think I was, like, in front of Vashirin. I didn't realize she had a weapon. Well, I think I realized that it was Kaladia's weapon. So I was like, oh, okay. So she's chill. It's fine. It's Kaladia's weapon. And then she stabs me. <laughs> and then Chase is right behind me. And so he gets stabbed. And so we're all, like, the entire uh, crown is dead in the floor at the back of Ana's Symposium. And we're like, well... What a what a fun turn of event turn of events. So yes, the the king was murdered with a dagger from the Crown Guard. Uh, but not held by the Crown Guard, let me just say. <laughs> <laughs> so Sethrio, are you in
1: a fighting company at all?
3: Yeah, um I'm we don't really have much of a presence in Winter's Edge, but I am part of Path of the Dragon. Okay. Um, most of our members are scattered around. Like, we used to be centered in Illinois, but, like, people have moved. hmm And we've taken in new people. And I don't think we have a central location right now. Okay. Um, Path of the Dragon, our our tagline is pursuing competitive excellence. hmm Um, we actually have two paths in Path of the Dragon, the Wax Path and the Craft Path. Uh, I... I minor in wax, I major in crafts. Fair, um, yeah. yeah. That's a good way to put that. <laughs> no, that's, how, that's how we put it. And we've put it like, we have said if you want to be part of the Path of the Dragon, you have to at the very least minor in wax. Mm-hmm. Because if we wanted to make a crafting household, we would have just made a crafting household. Right. Um, there are actually quite a few people who either double major or major in crafts and minor in wax. I don't know that there is anyone who is majoring in wax and minor craft. I need to look that up.
1: Okay, hmm. so tell me how you joined this fighting company.
3: Uh, at the um event that we we won, uh, that Delos came here to teach the class. Um, a bunch of old path members were also here, and apparently, I made a good impression on them. Nice, because two weeks later, I got a message from an absolute stranger. Hey, how would you like to join our fighting company? And I looked into them I didn't just mm-hmm. like say yes right off the bat but everything I saw about them was they're doing good work and they're doing a really good job and they're actually taking things seriously and I was like sure why not yeah that makes sense mm-hmm. and then I've been in a fighting company with them for six years six years that's impressive Roundabout. about yeah Quan how long have you been a deadweight
2: oh let's see it would have been the first gathering that I went to it was when we made Kingdom. Mm-hmm. So <laughs>
1: 2017.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I've been a dead weight for as long as we've been a kingdom. That's pretty cool. <laughs> well, yeah, I'll, nice. I'll never forget the date <laughs>
1: that way. It's well, on my aunt wiki. <laughs> I'm not in a fighting company. So hypothetically, if the three of us made one, mm-hmm. what would we call it? Oh,
3: God. Well, the issue with that is um, you would be poaching from two different fighting companies. It's <laughs> very.
1: Well, what they don't know won't hurt them. So,
3: <laughs> but we're recording this, Vitalia. You don't
2: think my company's gonna listen to this? <laughs> my company's almost what, kind of dead. <laughs> what is that over there? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, Vidalia, uh, what companies have you seen that you would be interested? In?
1: That I would be interested in? Um. E- well. I know of the Triads and the Seraphim. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I know of the Maelstrom. Mm-hmm.
3: Is Maelstrom still around? They're mm-hmm.
2: alive.
3: Yeah. Okay. They're,
1: they're vaguely around. I'm pretty sure. Teflon wears his Maelstrom shirt and yeah. so does Chops. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I just haven't seen them as a unit
2: in yeah, a while. Yeah, and I, I think Walbaran slowly rises from the grave, so.
1: Mm-hmm. We'll just have uh, to... Zodiac
2: yeah. is still around. Yeah. Yeah, the Zodiac is still around. I think mm-hmm. they're mostly in Dragon's College.
1: Right mm. now. So those are the fighting companies I know of. You okay. know
2: of the deadweights don't lie.
1: Well, I do know of the deadweights, <laughs> but we just talked about them. So Shh. Hmm. And if I were gonna join one. Probably the Deadweights. They're the only ones who <laughs> 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 Me and my one warrior can go fight with them. <laughs>
2: hmm. We die to fight again. Um Oh gosh, we have a bunch of uh, phrases on our Amped wiki for the dead weights and I can't remember any of them right now.
5: But they're all very hysterical because now, we die a lot.
3: Now I feel bad because Path doesn't have any catchphrases. <laughs> uh, the closest we have is Karai's big spoon always. <laughs> <laughs> so
1: can you explain that to us?
3: Uh, yeah, Karai is uh, one of the heads of our freighting company and mm-hmm. he is... Uh, quote-unquote path dad nice Uh, (laughs) uh and it was codified in our very first uh like company bylaws karai is big spoon always and over rewrites and recycles and stuff it has just stayed in there perfect And I don't think anyone left in the company, except for the two company leaders, remember what it means. (laughs) (laughs) Well, big spoon always, right? Yeah, I mean, in theory, it's self-explanatory, but, like, I'm sure there's more to it. There's got to be a story. Probably. Now we need to find the story. We do cuddle a lot. Hmm. That's always a plus. Mm Mm-hmm. It's, as it's cold it keeps. Yeah, as is <laughs> natural for
1: all of Amsgard. I don't think I've been to an Amsgard event where I don't end up spooning someone. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> and float on the floor. <laughs> 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 the cabin. Yeah, so
1: at a uh, symposium, it was freezing cold. And Quan uh, and I were drunk after... Uh, Court? Something. <laughs> after after the Yule Ball.
2: Yes. Oh. Yeah, and
1: so um we... Go back into the cabin eventually, and we both fall asleep on the floor. And I'm cold, so I wedge my like frigid fingers <laughs> underneath Flo. <laughs> it was a great time. Yeah, so I was the sand, like the middle, yep. filling <laughs> in a quantum flow sandwich. <laughs>
2: I'm sorry, Flo, if you don't recall
1: this. Oh, he remembers. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> he was like, "Did you?" wedge your fingers (laughs) underneath me in the middle of the night and I was like yeah
3: (laughs) gotta protect those drawing digits that's right (laughs) oh sorry
5: um it was very cold that symposium
2: I mean February why
1: it's it snowed everywhere else in the state basically except (laughs) on site So
2: why can't we just like pause from the end of December until like March third.
5: Most other LARPs actually do take a pause
3: in the winter. Mm. Um like most groups last game of the year is in late October, early November and they just go dormant and pick up in like March. Mm. Um and it's actually a lot of fun to explain to people. Uh I'm on our LARP on Reddit and I answer a lot of questions mm-hmm. and Most of the questions are, what is up and running now? And I have to explain to people, nothing, there's a pandemic happening.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that happens a lot. Like, we'll get people constantly asking me or Z when park is going to reopen. And I'm like, when we legally can. (laughs) Yeah, Like,
2: I see it on the RV page at least once a month. Like, hey, I'm new in town. Uh, When do you guys meet? uh online whenever you want just hop on our discord like yeah i don't know
3: when do you guys meet uh we do not (laughs) thank you for your interest come back in six to eight months (laughs) so let's talk about post-covid
1: because someday maybe eventually hopefully we will get there
2: (laughs) that's a lot of words to describe (laughs) this future scenario
1: well you know i can't give up hope yet
2: Oh, just join me. I'm hanging (laughs) on
1: I'm hanging on clutching for dear life by a thread to this last shred of hope. (laughs) So post COVID, how are we going to like reopen parks? Do you guys have a reopening plan or what would you like to see?
3: Um I don't think I'm qualified to answer this because we are currently playing. That's fair.
5: (laughs) (laughs) I think that as a
2: game, definitely gonna need to come together and figure out how we're going to do this game-wide safety. Mm-hmm. I think it's definitely going to have to involve
5: everybody being willing to have the temperature taken and being open to the idea that a to
1: player to come, come back. Yeah. So, like, implementing safety precautions like masks and hand sanitizer oh. and... Um
2: showers. Shower people. (laughs) Please. Please.
3: Please give us a sight with good showers. I
1: feel like you're calling me out specifically. (laughs) No no no.
3: Not you. (laughs) Trust me.
1: I mean, we all know how I got my name.
2: Yeah, we do.
1: It's because I stink. Because you eat
2: (laughs) onions like apples, that's why. Fair. (laughs) Do you really? Yes. (laughs) Oh my god.
5: It hurts.
1: I, uh, (laughs) on an online event for Radiant Valley, ate an onion like an apple in front of everyone. Mm. And sometimes Kay will bring me whole vegetables to the field.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I just remember after that one travel event, which feels like 5,000 years ago, but I'm pretty sure it was just about a year ago. Mm -hmm. When we went to White Oak and we went out to eat afterwards. And you were like, I'm going to go to the bathroom. If they ask for, if they come back to take our orders, Juan, this is what I want, but I want you to say this phrase exactly. So many onions that when you think that you're going to stop, you add more.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That is true. That's what I said verbatim.
3: Meanwhile, I made curry recently and I had to get into a little bit of an argument over whether or not we actually needed onion in it because I. I do not want onion in my curry.
1: <laughs> That's fair. I know onion's not for everyone. It should be, but it's not.
3: <laughs> I did end up putting the onion in it. It did turned out really nicely, but like, I had to cut an onion.
1: Mm. Uh, see, I eat so many onions, I'm immune. <laughs> I no longer cry when I cut onions. So like. My, my page will make me food or whatever, but she'll make me cut the onions for her. <laughs> <laughs>
3: like I didn't cry cutting the onion. I just didn't like it. Fair. Yeah, that's understandable. It is a process. It's a sensory experience. I, I cook a lot,
2: so I'm cutting onions a lot because the base for pretty much anything that I do is butter, garlic, and onion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'm cutting onions at least once.
1: If you want to make your onions more mild, you can once you cut the onion up, rinse it under water. Mm-hmm. And it will remove um the chemical that makes it like more acrid. Pungent. Yeah, yeah pungent. Mm-hmm. Um and then if you want to not cry while you cut onions, you can chew gum.
3: Okay. Interesting.
1: Onion facts. <laughs>
3: <laughs> you thought this was about card now it's about cooking. <laughs> Ooh, I switched it on you. <laughs>
2: But so, does the, the matchstick trick from the help work?
1: I don't know. How do, What's the matchstick trick?
2: I don't know. I just remember watching the help and she was getting
3: uh, tips and tricks from the help. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think it's supposed to be you light a match and it takes away the onion smell the same way lighting a match takes away a fart smell. But no, it doesn't work because an onion smell does not come from a flammable gas.
1: Hmm. Fair. Now we know. Mm-hmm.
3: But the tip was just to hold
5: the matchstick between, like, is it lit? And then they just laugh. So I'm still
1: unsure about that trick. Hmm.
5: I know. I don't know. I don't.
3: I I don't know.
1: All right. As much as it pains me, let's move off the topic of onions.
3: (laughs) I do have a related topic to take us to. Sure. I recently got an Instapot, and I learned that you can cook an entire meal using nothing but ingredients and the Instapot. And Abby's truck has an outlet in it, so I am going to be taking my Instapot and, like, a cooler full of food to events and stuff where I don't trust the food, like Keep, mm-hmm. and just cooking stew. That's That's awesome. That'll um, be good. So I will actually have good food to eat at Keep. I'm so excited. But, like, let's be
2: honest, some of the camp setups at Keep are pretty wild, and they're ready to cook. Like, mm-hmm. I've seen, like, full-on, like, Huge griddles and huge grills out there, some years. And I'm just like, you guys are really prepared. Like, they've got like pavilions set up. They're like out there cooking breakfast and lunch, like,
1: LARPing,
5: aren't we? <laughs> We've got time for this right now.
1: So, you guys have been in Winter's Edge much longer than I have, or like visited inter kingdom events or things like that. What are some weird food traditions in Ampgard?
3: Midnight Bacon.
1: Midnight Bacon. I know that one.
3: <laughs> Midnight Bacon's a big one um, for Winter's Edge. One thing I noticed my last time at Keep, uh, the morning of the tournament, um, most of the fighters take the field early in the morning with a bottle of Pedial- Pedialyte <laughs> because they were drinking like it was the end of the world on Friday night. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, and you can't go into the tournament dehydrated. That tournament lasts like eight hours. Oh, God. It's so long. Gatorade is not enough.
5: Oh,
2: that's so. just—it was such a long tournament, and then the next day was the women's tournament, and it was just raining. Mm-hmm. So we moved. <laughs> <laughs> we we moved from being on the field because then it started pouring. And then we were in one of the tents that they were using for like overflow for dining, mm-hmm. and where people were playing games and stuff. And we were like, "This is really... <laughs>
5: This
1: is so silly." So I've only seen, no, I slept through it, but I've only been at an event that had a women's tournament once. What do you guys think of women's tournaments?
3: I think they're still kind of in their infancy, but once they actually get going, they will be fantastic. Mm. Um, I forgot who, it was someone on WAC who said, like, you need to get the bar up there before there is actually any competition. Mm. Like, they made the comparison of the W the women's wmma Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um how it was kind of a joke until ronda Rousey came and put everyone and their grandma in an Mm armbar right um then more people started seeing oh this is the competition now and stepped it up and now it's like actually a really competitive sport Mm -hmm.
4: yeah
3: yeah that's
5: um that's kind of how i felt uh at the Gathering of the clan, Women's and Non-Binary Tournament. I believe that's run by the Valkyries. It's it's an all-women and non-binary fighting
3: It's either Valky- Valkyries or House Lioness.
2: It was House Lioness. I think it was Valkyries that were okay. like running the tournament. Um, But I remember uh Kiera was a big part of the organization, but she was also in the tournament, and she is a terror to fight. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, she's amazing. Fighter. Definitely one of the ones that I look up to. And I've gotten to fight Sir Boots once.
3: Mm-hmm. Oh, my God.
2: She is terrifying. Mm-hmm. She, I fought her against her in a ditch line. She was running pull arm. I think I was running sword and board. And it was terrifying. I thought I was going to lose a kneecap. like. <laughs> 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 but, like, uh, those, those tournaments at Gathering of the Clans have been really well organized and I think really well hyped up. Mm-hmm. And I think that they had pretty. Good differentiation of level right uh, and had a lot of good talent there, a lot of the really big name women fighters
3: okay, yeah, um, I was a little bit disappointed with the women's tournament the year I fought in it at keep, but this was also like twenty seventeen twenty eighteen mm-hmm. so this was like one of the first uh i k win- women's tournaments ever held mm-hmm. and People kind of treated it as a joke.
2: Right. Um, yeah, I can remember the boards going off about that. Everybody like, women tournaments shouldn't be a thing if they can't compete at the same theater.
1: Women in AntGuard. Women in their
2: They can't have their own tournaments. That's sexism. <laughs> and they can't get awards from those because that's but, sexism. But
1: never mind that every other... Sport has a women's like mm-hmm. subsection, right?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that, like, I think one of the main reasons for women's tourney is to promote women's fighting. Since, like, we stated earlier, the statistics are that
4: mm-hmm.
2: about half of the women that play Amcard actually
3: fight. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was fight period or fight competitively, mm-hmm. um, but yeah,
1: yeah,
2: but still, it's just another thing to bring women out. Mm-hmm. And get mm-hmm. women to see other
1: women fighting. So with regards to women's tournaments, what are some ways to improve participation? Because it's being visible, but is it just keep having tournaments? I think and- it is
3: just keep having tournaments and shut down those nutsacks who think it's a stupid sexist idea. Right. Yeah. Um keep promoting them, give awards for them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Um. don't make them a side tournament. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of them are advertised as, oh, and this is happening along with this main big tournament. Like...
1: Give them a place of prominence.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Because a lot of times they're, like, really early in the morning or, like, the day after the big, big tournament when everybody's exhausted because most of the bigger women fighters are also fighting in that tournament. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so it's the day after that and everybody's exhausted, so Hardly anybody shows up because for some reason they decided to start the women's tournament at 9 in the morning. Right. And sign up ended at 8.30. Like, who's waking up that early in an AmpGuard event besides me?
4: Mm Mm-hmm.
5: Same.
3: I did wake up extraordinarily early my first keep and just wander around the empty campsite. Yeah. Like, taking pictures of things. And the best picture I took was of a dude sleeping on his side, just in the field. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I think he was under a tree, but, man, (laughs) I hope he had a tent somewhere, and that just wasn't his sleeping arrangement. That must have been cold. It was a really warm
1: heap. It was, like, 2017. So, if you think, like, if you were to switch the main tournament to the 9 a.m. slot that the women's tournament had, do you think it would have had the same participation?
2: Like, as it normally would? Yeah. Yeah, because it's hyped so hard.
5: Like, I don't think that people are going to skip
2: that big tournament ever. I don't want them to. Mm -hmm. But I want people to be just as hyped and ready to get the women's tournament. I think if we do it not on, like, what we tried to do it on, like, a dumb day, Thursday like at least do it on one of the more prominent days like I know that normally we have like Friday night Saturday Mm -hmm. and then we're supposed to like that happens a lot
5: Mm -hmm. but like I don't know
3: maybe we we need to figure out how to time our events better we also need to figure out how to manage our time better Mm. um because the last kingdom tournament I fought in was supposed to start at like 8.30am and 9.30 rolls around and we're and still, still just milling still around Still in the right. sun and it's hot yeah. and like they're talking breakfast now an and I'm like, the fuck it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, like I understand that
2: after being Kingdom Champion. Getting a tournament to start is like, it's worse than hurting cats. It's like hurting koalas, like they're asleep, they're all over the place don't want to actually come when you tell them to come. Like
1: Well, I just think that means that the people running the tournament need to put their foot down. Like we're not mm-hmm. gonna change like I slept through a tournament. Yeah, you know?
2: Well, the problem was I'm like, okay, we're gonna start exactly at this time, and then you have three people there for a Kingdom weapon master and you're like
1: Congrats, first, second and third.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Fight it out round robin. Yeah, pretty much I-, I was totally like down to do that, but then the fighters there were like, "No." And I was like, "I told you this time." It, right. They're like, mm-hmm. "We want other people here. We're waiting for them." Like, a lot of people just day-tripped and they were late, and I was like,
3: "What can you do about that?" Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I think at a certain point you have to understand that everything runs on amcard time and like plan for that and like specifically say we're starting at this time, but actually we're starting at this time.
1: Oh yeah, that's what I do with all my schedules as a local monarch is I say Like, we're leaving to go to the event site at 6 a.m., be at my house or you're getting left behind. But really, like, we can leave at 8 and still get there on time. (laughs) I just tell them hours early so that I adjust for Amsgard time.
3: I think that specific... um tournament that happened so early in the morning also ran into the problem of we're trying to fight before breakfast yeah Mm. so all of us are fresh out of sleep on an empty tank possibly still drunk from the night before Mm -hmm. right um yeah that's that's another thing is that i think
5: event team that's running games thing needs to really really help out and coordinate well with
4: Mm -hmm.
2: because i know i didn't i didn't even think about it i was just like i'm running on my schedule and i'm going to get my schedule done and i (laughs) would
3: eat i can admit that well you and everyone else apparently (laughs) yeah
1: so one of the questions that i have is um for like hyping the tournaments up how would you recommend hyping a women's tournament like, in an ideal world, how would you run a women's tournament?
2: Like, I've always, I enjoyed the way that they ran that clan.
5: Um, they used, like, basically a deck of participants, and mm-hmm. you went and suit, fought everybody that was suit, and then you guys got slotted based on them. Okay. <clears throat> and I think that version was- and I think that they've used that a lot for a lot of large that you get sorted into your groups, you invite everybody in your group and then go in. Mm-hmm. And I think that's great. Um,
3: that is extraordinarily sensible. And I feel kinda dumb that I didn't think of it either. I know, right? <laughs> like
2: <laughs> it's been amazing. Like it gets it gets you into the brackets really fast. Mm-hmm.
3: It- it's like and it's like it's not hard to rustle up a deck of cards. hmm And it It'll let you keep going up to fifty-two players.
2: Yeah, yeah, and then even if you're going beyond that, you can just make up your own symbol at that point. Like you're mm-hmm. a
3: star, you're going to the star. No, or okay, grab a tarot deck. Yeah, do you think no one at this Amcord event has a tarot deck? <laughs> right,
2: <laughs> but yeah, it's just something super easy, and then got a pencil and a slip of paper to be able to write or win and mm-hmm. other people suit, and that's really cool. Yeah. And it worked really, really well. And I think that that's a great way to organize it. Hyping it, I think you could hype it just as hard as you can hype any other tournament. Right. Like, don't just toss it onto the schedule and then never say Or just say one or two about
5: it. Like, every time you're mentioning the one tournament, mention
3: mm-hmm. Okay. I think timing-wise, the best time to have it would be after lunch before the afternoon game, mm-hmm. because there's always an hour or two where nothing is happening. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if if you're not asking the entire kingdom, you're just asking one subset of the kingdom—the women and non-binary folks—to mm-hmm. put aside time right then. That's that's not a huge imposition to ask. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and wrestle up about like five. Mm-hmm. Okay. So,
1: I know we were talking earlier about different ways that non-men participate in fighting, and one of those ways was archery. Do you think that archery tournaments in Amtgard would improve women participation?
2: I think there's a potential, but I think we're going to really have to figure out how
5: figure out how to do Amtgard or archery. As well, mhm.
1: Um, see cuz I've never seen one.
3: Yeah. I saw one a long time ago and it ended in pretty much a dead tie Mm. um, because the, I'm going to be honest, the bar was fairly low. The bar was to hit a target about the size of a human chest, Mm. Ah. Um, which is an an enormous target
4: Mm -hmm. uh,
3: from various distances away. And the top three archers in the kingdom at the time, which I don't remember who they were, but I think Hale was one of them, could hit that from their bow's entire range.
1: Hmm. Yeah. So for that archery tournament, were they using Amp guard arrows? Yes. Okay.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think we've got to figure out a good way to like figure out how to like. I've always thought that we should try an archery tournament, but do it the way that they had those blunted arrows in the Princess and the Swan. Mm-hmm. They had them like dusted and chalked, so you saw where they hit. Mm-hmm. And I think that would be a pretty interesting way to see where they hit on. The target, and yeah, have them at cool. different.
3: Um, but and, I wouldn't know how to implement that. How to talk You can, you can buy bags of loose chalk, mm-hmm. like for climbing and stuff. Yeah, and I don't Just think it. Toss. Was, yeah, toss some food coloring, or have someone go wipe off the target between each round. Yeah, um, like take a picture of it.
5: <gasps> Chalkboard. Wipe it. I'm sorry. We may have solved Guard. <laughs> We've solved archery tournaments in amcard We've done it. Just the three of us. <laughs> really. Um What kind of uh other kinds of tournaments would you ever like to see
3: in Um, I would like to see <laughs> <laughs> I would wrestling. For those of you wondering, uh Cabbage just put up his dukes. <laughs> yes, that's what happened. He's um, ready to knock us all out. He's tired of this. <laughs> over my dead body. <laughs> so,
1: um aside from more like women's <gasps> and non binary tournaments or archery tournaments, I think having like uh the spellcasters duel mm-hmm. was really cool.
2: Uh, I think we tried that. Yeah, uh, I think I've seen one of those and it was just a thousand spell balls going everywhere. They were <laughs> like, they're like, soft. Whether or not it's
1: like, you know a uh, sincere competition or not it was fun and yeah. enjoyable mm-hmm. to watch so i enjoyed that a lot um and then like i would like to have more um team style tournaments or mm-hmm. like 2v2s and stuff like that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: yeah that would be cool uh the last time that i went to Eastwind, they had some really interesting <laughs> tournaments um I remember I was partnered with Tiger Lily for one of them, and uh, basically your partner became your shield, Uh, so I was set, Tiger Lily was less set (laughs) for a partner. (laughs) Um, uh, But it was a very interesting style tournament, and I think we definitely need to talk a little bit more with those kinds of game runners that have those kinds of ideas for just interesting tournaments are fun and not necessarily uber-duber serious.
1: Because, mm-hmm. like, not everyone is interested in getting their sword belt. Like, not mm-hmm. everyone even competes in a tournament to yeah. be hyper-competitive or anything like that. So having more, like, fun, wacky tournaments for people to do.
3: Yeah. One thing Farrah and I has done that went over absolutely fantastically was a militia tournament. Ooh. um, Where you have all of your armor, you have throwies, you have bows and arrows, mm-hmm. you... Have any weapon combination you can possibly want. We had people step onto the field with, like, two swords in each hand, drop a pair, and, like, a shield, and, like, mm-hmm. a bow, and, like, taking their entire gear bag into the tournament ring. Nice. <laughs> um, went over absolutely fantastically. People had a blast. I don't think we awarded any warriors for it, but no one mm-hmm. earned a warrior for it.
1: I mean, as long as it's like four and under, you know yeah. that's battlefield prowess. You can give it for a wacky <laughs> tournament. I think.
2: Yeah, yeah. I always like doing the uh, bear pit sometimes. Oh, they're so hysterical. I'm so bad at field awareness, though. Like that, mm-hmm. <laughs> I got stabbed in the back. So. <laughs> <laughs> but it was always a fun, wacky time. Like, gotta stay away from the edge so somebody doesn't hit me, but also be right in front of me. Too, that's also trying to stay where the edge, but also kill.
3: Nice. Uh The best thing I've done, in, I've ever done in a tournament was take one really big threatening step forward, and the other person took a step back. And was like, hey, I'm just gonna try this. Took another really big threatening step forward. They like reared back. I took one more step and said, "Bring out." <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, that's why I'm not a big fan. I like
3: soft and hard. So that. For me, it really depends on the tournament. Mm-hmm. Like, for an Ironman, I like a hard boundary, because mm-hmm. otherwise it just goes
2: all oh over my the gosh. field. Especially when it's, like, a time. Like,
3: you only have 30 minutes for this Iron.
2: What are you doing? Face me, cat. Yeah. You're going to kill me anyways. I'm a dead weight. It's what we do. <laughs>
1: so do you guys have any, like, favorite tournament memories, either from yourself or from watching?
3: Uh, I'm trying to remember.
5: Oh, yeah. Uh,
3: a qual's several years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I did the pre- prelim round, and then I was like, "Oh, I did terribly. I'm not going to make it into anything." Hey, Soulless, do you want to go to Walmart? Uh, so we went to Walmart and got some chips and came back, and then like Kazan ran up to me like, "Where have you been? You're in the tournament," and I'm like, <laughs> "Oh no, what?" <laughs> <laughs> I seated eighth in one category. Nice. <laughs>
2: I mean, I did kind of glance over the first Midnight Iron Man I was in where I got a bloody nose, which was really fun for me because, like, I felt like going back in after the bloody nose that I looked really raw and cool, but I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I know I didn't. Um, but other than that, probably one of my favorite times was against uh Mir. Uh, with this Skeleton Shield. We were in, like, a five and under tourney at one point. And we were both legged. We were doing sword and board. And we just kept trying to get that shoulder. And it was just us trading blows, what felt like forever. Mm -hmm. And neither of us could get over our shield. And we were just like, and I'm sitting there about to have an asthma attack because that's my life. And I'm like, scoop the
3: hip, come on. I
2: couldn't get under. I was going up and under and over and switching around. (laughs) And I couldn't get around his (laughs) stupid skull shield. And I think eventually... I was just so tired that I missed one of the blocks and he finally grabbed my shoulder. And I was like, and I just rolled out of there because I was like, <laughs> I don't feel like standing up. My knees hurt. And I just <laughs> rolled out of the pit because I was like, I'm done. <laughs> I'm nice. I'm going to
3: go to the you? Do you have any good tournament
1: stories? Um, Well, I wasn't fighting in the tournament, but I was watching the Midnight Iron Man with pickles. Uh, That's... um beefy's old beefy is uh pickles old man so oh one thing that i've decided for our uh, women's and non-binary thing is i'm not going to refer to anyone as like beefy's wife right Mm -hmm. so pickles um
2: pickles the friend of beefy (laughs) (laughs) pickles
1: beefy's roommate (laughs) (laughs) no so like so like uh pickles um or you know Beefy, Beefy is her husband, mm-hmm. so it's it's always she has possession of Beefy, not Beefy has possession of her. Like, is the like, way it's. I like, like that. Yeah. So, um anyway, I was roommates. sitting at the, <laughs> I was sitting at the picnic table with Beefies and uh, our Beefies, Dang it, with pickles. pickles. You're um, pickles. Yes, I was sitting at the picnic table with uh pickles and that's a lot of pee. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Sorry.
1: Right. That's probably why I was messing it up so bad. But um, we were both belligerently drunk and uh we rolled the picnic table over during the midnight iron man <laughs> <laughs> yo oh god i, I don't be... even know if anyone saw cuz they were all engrossed in the iron man but like
3: mm-hmm. uh when my very first midnight iron man cade punched me in the mouth oh no <laughs> it was that same situation as uh quan we were both on our knees just hammering at each mm-hmm. other no one could get anything and, like, I didn't even realize until he finally got me and I rolled out of the ring, my mouth kind of hurts. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the next day, I woke up with a fat lip. Mm-hmm. And someone asked me, like, what happened? Are you okay? Did you bite your lip in, the- in your sleep or something? And I was like, I think Cade punched me in the mouth. And he almost went and beat up Cade for me. <laughs> 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 uh...
5: Things. Good stories.
2: I mean, like, as Kingdom Champion, I remember running tourneys and being like, "Are you sure you're not drunk? You're not drinking right now, are you?" They're like, "No," and so I'm like, mm, "Okay." <laughs> Be in the turn
1: Walk around <laughs> with like a breathalyzer. <laughs>
2: <laughs> like, I'm like, "Breathe on me. Let me smell it." Of course, in the after times, things like that. I don't want mm-hmm. you to breathe on me
5: in general. Anyway. Um. <laughs> <laughs> sorry um but yeah i was like
2: it's just been it was such a fascinating thing being like don't can't tell if you are currently drinking while in this tournament but i hope you aren't because and then like watching people be like trying to play offhand beer at a an amp guard event and i'm like guys i'm the champion right here you're on the field with ditch lights on you know that as a rule of our game you cannot play and drink right and they're like oh we're we're not playing and then i'll be like okay i'm going <laughs> to walk away now Quan is leaving
3: you walk like three feet away and they just take a freaking fucking swing and they just keep going <laughs> at it
2: and i'm like <laughs> fine i give up because i feel like killing you where you're not So I know that
1: you are on the Amped Wiki list for being a non-male champion. (laughs) Do you want to talk about that?
2: I just found that. Like, I didn't know the thing. Um, But yeah, I find it very funny because it says first females. And so I am the quote-unquote first female champion of Winter's Edge, which is a thrill, but incorrect. (laughs) 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 I know that I haven't been out for a super long time, definitely not my entire time in Amtgard, but that is the person who's working. Um, You're welcome to come swing with
4: us
3: (laughs) when you're in town.
2: I am doing my best to not go out uh, anywhere because with my asthma, I'm really concerned.
3: I understand. Yeah, I keep forgetting about your asthma (laughs) and how susceptible you are it's super fun. It's not fair.
1: <laughs> I'm vaccinated. <laughs> I'm obnoxious. <sorry.
2: laughs> I see how it is, Kwan. Thanks. I'm sorry. It just felt very finding Nemo to me. I'm going to have a lot of Disney I hope you realize. Please don't sue us, Disney.
3: <laughs> and Pixar. Um
1: <clears throat> if they listen to our podcast, fantastic. <laughs>
3: Some Disney executive <laughs> who plays AmpGuard <laughs> on the weekends down in Orlando is going to be like, those motherfuckers have less payment. You can't talk about Nemo. <laughs> <laughs> well, fine. Find your little
2: friends, too. Um, But no, I was like, I was like really stoked when I first saw it. And then I was like, female. fail
1: Clemoid. Because like, I
2: hate it. Like, I realize that I'm still like super female coded looking. Mm. And, like, Pond, I get, You're
1: wearing a baseball cap right now. I'm just...
2: What are you trying to say, Vidalia?
1: This is a this is very androgynous dress code you have on.
2: Wait, thank you. And I'm getting a haircut soon. Can't wait.
5: My hair is so long right now. Oh, I feel horrendous. Yes. Um, <laughs> uh, but uh, it was just...
2: I felt, like, really excited to be on a list in AmpedWiki, like, a neck.
1: Mm-hmm. With all these
2: other big, great names, and I'm like, oh, but then, like, I don't know, the word male, like, I hate.
1: We could just go in and edit the list and say non male,
5: non male,
1: first non male of winners. That's so that, <laughs>
5: <laughs> very, very degrading. Uh, is how it feels. But, yeah. Perfect. <laughs>
2: But yeah, it was it was really exciting to see myself being on that list and see getting excited that it was the first for
5: the mm-hmm. kingdom because I was the first champion. So we did allow our very first after we didn't switch uh,
2: officers until the October after right. plans. So we we're like, sure, you guys first uh, elected King, right. first kingdom yeah. officers, but I yeah, I was the first elected kingdom champion, and so it was really exciting me mhm
1: <laughs> so i know a lot of kingdoms still like you have to fight and place in tournaments to be champion mm-hmm. and uh a lot of people find that that um excludes non-male mm-hmm. fighters from mm-hmm. the champion leadership role and especially since non-males are so prevalent in leadership and amp mhm what do you think about that interaction um with fighting and office for the champion role.
2: Well, it was still that kind of that way when I started in Winter's Edge and when I ran for my champion mm-hmm. uh, term. Is that you had to the highest placing person declared for office
5: won the seat. I find that ideal that you have to like I think that you still if you still have a
1: qual mm-hmm.
5: which I think their
1: calls we're still going to have some sort of cultural tournament yeah but right. it's
2: not like forced upon everybody right to run for office which is such a stressful thing
1: mm-hmm. but,
2: um but i feel like it's an inappropriate metric for right
3: champion. it really is because like even though champion is the one that spends the most time on field Field prowess has absolutely nothing to do with the job. Mm-hmm. Like some of the best fighters I have ever known would make terrible champions just mm-hmm. because they're not terribly organized or like, mm-hmm. creative. Yep. And some of the worst fighters I have ever known have done amazing jobs as champions.
1: Yeah. Right. It seems like, um, even if it were based off of battlefield prowess, the fighting tournaments aren't the same as being good on a battlefield. Mm-hmm. Like. Mm-hmm. Knowing your class and having good stick games seem mm-hmm. like they're not, you know, always and, the same, right?
2: Honestly, if you want a metric for champion, it should be something like either being able to make a game, being able to distribute power well.
1: Mm-hmm. Like, Delegate, yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Like, for me, I delegated a lot of my champion duties because I knew I wasn't the best at game creation, but I knew that we had a lot of really great.
4: hmm
3: Um... In our kingdom especially.
2: Yeah. No, we're fantastic. We have some amazing brains. Like Cade does some great work. Mm-hmm. Uh Heralder's getting really good. Uh Tarlac. Tarlac yeah. does great puzzle stuff.
1: There's also Clover, he's run the mm-hmm. past few Clover, of
2: course, yeah. I'm just thinking of like the older ones first coming back. That's how much yeah, fun. You're good. Um Clover's doing well. Uh I've seen some good Samics.
5: Um Oz from Silver Blade makes some great
1: that's Oz Sky main, not Oz the Drunk. Yes. Just clarifying. Yes, mm-hmm.
5: not uh, Oz Gilead, but Oz. Right. <laughs> That's how I'll differentiate. We only have
2: two Oz's in our kingdom, and yet. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, have you guys designed... It? I mean, I know you have. You, you were champion, but what about you, Sathrio?
3: Yeah, um, and I is actually doing a thing right now, which... I am personally have very mixed feelings about it because I think RP and AmpGuard is stupid. Mm. Okay. <laughs> uh our game just how it's set up does not uh is not conducive to good role play. Right. Um, because we don't have an overarching story, we don't have plot lines, um, we don't have a plot team mm-hmm. that is running the game for years and years and years. Um but all of my park is really excited about the role play aspect of LARPing. And I'm, I'm not champion, but I'm acting as champion right now. Because right. Um, Avi has his hands full with Monarch and BOD and running for GPM yes. and everything else that he does. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, Chancellor has very little to do until something goes wrong. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. So I have started running a monthly quest. Um... My players are starting to get into it. Like mm-hmm. it's very clear they don't know what to do when they both are being a character and fighting. Yeah. Uh but all of them have come up with characters. <laughs> <laughs> most uh most of them, most of their characters have one personality trait. And mm-hmm. like you know how you start role-playing before you really get into it. Yeah. Like you pick your one personality trait and it's a 50-50 whether you are a drunk or obsessed with money. Those are the or two j- characters we just have on
1: shinies in general. Yeah, yeah,
3: those are the two characters we have on field right now, and like I, I'm really proud of them. They had some fantastic death, uh, like crazy death throws, wiggling all over the place, and they won the quest, which I'm very proud of them because it was a pretty hard quest. Mm-hmm. Uh, just fighting some very difficult monsters. Um, and the funniest, funniest thing I have ever seen in Amgard. Uh, the last quest we did was a princess quest where they had to escort a princess to her home castle. right? Uh, the princess was played by my page, Athadia, and the king and queen were uh, Abby, and Athena, who was 12 years old. Perfect. Um, and Athadia, the optics. <laughs> Athadia, when she got to the castle, said, "Mom, I missed you and hugged a 12-year-old." And it killed me
5: <laughs>
4: that's perfect
2: Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, I remember the first game I ever tried to run. I was monarch of f r and it was just after um oh dude, what was the big one with all the thing the open world one that the the earth ran
3: uh Crystalline Chronicles,
2: Yes, it was just after my first c t so of course, I was obsessed with dungeons, so I ran a dungeon. Mm-hmm. I attempted to, uh, because the first day that I was set up and ready to run it, nobody showed up. Oh, no, <laughs> literally, I sat on our field after hyping it for a week. Nobody, oh, <laughs> so I was like, okay, I'm gonna take my toys and go home now and <laughs> just be sad, it's fine. Um, but then the next week, I was like, okay, since nobody showed up, I'm gonna run it next week, and then like. Three people from the park showed up, but also White Oak. Uh, no, not White Oak, but Iron Springs decided to raid us as well. <laughs> <laughs> so it was like I don't know, seven people from Iron Springs and like three people from FR. And it was it was uh, around Halloween, so I had gone and I had like three chests that I was using. They were going through my dungeon fighting uh, three different monsters that got set parted. Um, but in between each monster room was like a little chest room where you could go and open the chest and I had filled it with Halloween candy. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which I think is the main reason that people actually like this.
3: <laughs> um. <laughs> Honestly, Amgars are like toddlers. Give them free candy and they will do anything. I know.
2: I,
1: everyone in Amtgard is incredibly food motivated. Like if you give people food, like we had mm-hmm. potlucks at the events or whatever and people were still like, that was a great event. <laughs> it's just because they got free food.
2: I just like to cook for I'm sorry. I just, like, make people happy with how I deal with things. Um, but I remember, like, you guys were, like, there's a chest here. And you guys were, like, worried about opening it. But then A-Wolf was, like, I'm going to open it. And she opened it and was, like, oh! and then it stole, like, most of the candy that was in there. <laughs> <laughs> and then you guys went on to the next, fight, whatever
5: line. Mm-hmm. I was really happy that- I, I had, had, like, the open dungeon. Nice. It was fun, but I think I could have stopped it a It was
3: game.
1: Yeah, there, there's always going to be some, like, pitfalls with your first, but you mm-hmm. always improve.
3: Uh, My tenure as Champion of Fear and I, we did nothing but zombie games because The Walking Dead was the hot new show. Nice. <laughs> uh, Fear and I had a zombie problem for a long time. <laughs>
2: Radiant
1: Valley too. Yeah, I believe it is Z's fault. <laughs> Z's full name in the orc is Z. Zombie, the <laughs> zombie. Um, so he did like a whole undead theme for a while.
2: I'm just glad that Gregory really starts.
1: I love Gregory. <laughs> He's our resident skeleton.
3: Oh, ours is named Hank.
1: We should. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but like, my favorite thing was
2: Subway getting people to tie Gregory on him. Yeah. So
1: like. <laughs> He was role-playing as Gregory, um, the skeleton, and he led our dungeon, like, with the skeleton tied to him, pretending to be this, like, cranky skeleton man. Um. Anyway, our park should meet and have, like, a skeleton
2: get together.
3: Yeah, yes. definitely. Yeah. Uh, A little bit shorter than human-sized? Okay, yeah, yeah, Gregory's about to mm-hmm. Yeah. This will so be a, a little bit time. shorter than human-sized. Yeah. <laughs> hey, now. <laughs> 40
1: so speaking of role-playing and being short, uh, I know Quan, your persona is like a hobbit, mm-hmm. is that right? Yeah. And we were just talking about role-play and AmpGuard. Do you have a persona or anything like that?
3: Kind of. Um, I did not have a firm persona until I got this current page. Mm-hmm. Uh, Athadia is extraordinarily into role-play. She got her start like in nerd culture in general in Dungeons and Dragons. Right. Um and she watches all the live plays. She watches all the podcasts. Um she plays in all of my games with me. Perfect. Uh, and a couple of her own. Like I did not know it was possible to play to play D D every day of the week, but god damn it she tries. <laughs> <laughs> Terrifying. Um and she really wanted to play as my lady's maid, And mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, but I'm not really a lady. Um, And after the St. O'Banion episode, mm-hmm. I actually started thinking, like, what can I be instead of lady? Because I'm not really a lord either. Captain. Because as a player, I've always had kind of a pirate leaning. I have a really good pirate costume. I've got a fantastic pirate hat. Um, I've played a lot of pirate games, a lot of ship games. Mm-hmm. Um, and the role play we're doing right now is I was set up to be a lady, but I decided to run away and be a pirate. That's Amazing. perfect. I love so that. So she is my reluctant lady's maid following me around. Um so she's kinda <laughs> first mate. <laughs> yeah. Uh, following me around trying to get me to behave with some decorum. <laughs> Um, and I'm going to be perfectly honest, nothing gives me more gender euphoria than being called captain.
5: (laughs) Um that feeling recently on people start calling me handsome.
2: (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
1: Please. (laughs) Or when we went to the restaurant and the waiter called you sir.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Oh yes, do tell. Do go on. I actually didn't realize I was non-binary or, like, not entirely female-coded until Mm -hmm. I was wearing uh, really baggy clothes and a mask and a hat to work one day. Mm -hmm. Um, I work for Uber Eats. I'm in and out of restaurants all night. And a guy at Mm Chick-fil-A said, excuse me, sir. And I was like, and I thought about it for three days. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, so there is a possibly maybe non-zero chance that I am not a woman. I've only been
2: wearing cargo shorts and backwards baseball caps since I was five. It's fine. <laughs>
3: Keys on a carabiner, hair in a ponytail, leather jacket, you know. Perfect. <laughs> this, is, this is totally normal.
2: No, I'm just a tomboy. This is why
5: I leave my hair long. It's fine. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so how do you feel like um, your gender expression interacts with AmpedGuard.
5: I feel like Ampguard
3: has been cooler about it than mm-hmm. a lot of other areas in my life. Like um I haven't been in school for the last little while um so I haven't tested like it against professors and and stuff. Mm-hmm. But like a couple of my friends forget frequently and right. like it's okay. Mm-hmm. It's a new thing. I remind them. They're going to get it eventually. Um, But AmpGuard has been very welcoming and very inviting. And I think non-binary... Mm-hmm. I think we're a small enough community and enough of us are non-binary that it's not a shiny new thing. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, especially not in AmpGuard. Um, so, like... I don't get lumped as the one non-binary person off to one side. I get lumped in with the 50 non-binary people <laughs> off to one side. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Like in my day-to-day life, I'm one of so few. But with it it's really one of the first places that I decided to try coming out.
5: Right. And mm-hmm.
2: and really exploring how I prefer to be called, what I prefer to recognize.
5: That mm-hmm. help me. And actually was comfortable telling people, no, no, no. I actually... Called they, them right. Um, I know, uh,
1: your orc got updated for the lord title, mm-hmm.
2: yeah, yeah. Um, so I've never liked male coded titles anyway. So even before I came out, when I got my, I was presented with a lady title, uh, but uh, Pyam was the PM and Nebby was described like a instead of entering that into
5: the orc as a lady title. Mm-hmm. I just feel Steam. It feels a little bit dismissive, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh I don't know. It doesn't my brain doesn't write for my
3: right. Understandable. I think a. I think uh non binariness is so prevalent in AmpGuard because AmpGuard is so combat oriented. Um, and a lot of the women, quote unquote, who get quote unquote women who get into AmpGuard mm-hmm. are already kind of in the tomboy non-conforming mm. borderline right. kind of zone. Mm-hmm. Um, So it's not a big stretch to go from I or a woman who has never worn a skirt in her life to not a woman.
5: Right. Mm-hmm. That's all
1: reasonable. Mm-hmm. Um, do you feel like FR or or Radiant Valley or even at a kingdom level, um, that this prevalence of like gender nonconforming or whatever um helps you not just like be more open with it, but like helps you learn more about um yourself? Uh, and the way that you expressed gender personally? Like, there's now these people that you can talk to about it, or?
3: I don't know that it's so much people I can talk to about it as um, people who respect me, and yeah. who are not going to ask me 20 questions about it. That's fair.
2: Yeah. It uh, was, for me, being able to come out in guard was going
5: to IK events. hmm and not question about what they prefer. Mm-hmm. And
3: like, it's very much common at an amgard event that you if you say hey i go by they then you just get a thumbs up and we'll try yeah. to remember yeah if we don't it has nothing to do with our respect for you it's because we're stupid yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> um and in other places you always have to wonder: Is it an issue of respect or is it an issue of forgetting? Yeah. Right.
5: Yeah, that's that's really the, the main thing. Uh, I have joined the Facebook group for the gender diverse player and, right. and really helpful to see that is right that there's a lot more. of us than, um, So it's good that we're there. And we're, um, I wish I could remember the amped guard name started. But they also came out non-binary, mm-hmm. and uh, they talk a lot about, how their life is really, is uh, higher. Up. They also got. Them. Oh, that's cool.
3: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, I have in my fighting company another person who is openly trans, and mm-hmm. another person who is openly non-binary. Um, path to the Dragon can't keep a fucking
5: woman. In- <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, what what was it like coming out in AmpGuard? I know both of you kind of said it's easier than real life. Tell me more about that.
2: Like, I guess for me it was easier because I don't see AmpGuard people every single day of my life. Mm-hmm. Especially not living in a city that has an Guard park. Um, so I don't run into people in
5: at Walmart that are in guard. Oh, hey, you um, you know a little spread out here in right I live uh but uh, one day I'll be back, um, but I guess it was just because I don't ya, and that I know that there are people in Amgard. That identify and are identified, and identify, and get their proper, mm-hmm. their mm-hmm. actual pronouns, or like it just felt easier to try it out there for try it out in my
3: life. Yeah, part of it for me um, was kind of respectability politics. Like in my real life, I am. Um, no one's special. I hold very little power in any sense of the word. But in AmpGuard, I am in many ways in charge. So if someone does have a problem with it, it's not someone in charge having a problem with me. right? It's someone having a problem with someone in charge. And I am automatically in a I hate to say I'm in a position of power over them, but I'm not in a position where they have power over me. Right. Um, so I don't have to worry about being either hard or soft kicked out for being non Yeah,
5: like retaliation. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like a bobblehead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: We're all just nodding in unison for those (laughs) listening.
5: We're not That would never be us. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, how do
2: you feel about the open the vanguard by Oh,
1: you know. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you know.
2: Um, I mean, I
1: have not had any problems. Um personally at like radiant valley or any of the parks that i've visited um everyone thought i was a dude when i went to coronation (laughs) (laughs) um and so that's why actually why i took all male titles is because it's kind of an ongoing joke that i'm a dude so (laughs) (laughs) yeah um but I, i never felt like unwelcome because people thought I was a man. I just <laughs> <laughs> um you know it's just it's a comical error. <laughs>
5: yeah,
2: yeah. It's okay, we can cut it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so um, and by we
2: we mean cabbage because i don't know what we're doing in the first place that's fair so
1: i mean awkward silence typically means we're coming to some sort of resolution so Mm -hmm. do you guys um typically we end with like our favorite silly amt story Mm -hmm. do you want to go around robin and share yeah okay we'll start with seth rio
3: oh god i've actually been thinking about this for months um (laughs) (laughs) I have two really good, really short ones, both involving Heralder. Perfect. Um, one was Heralder got his hands on a Vuvuzela one time mm-hmm. uh, and brought it to field and was just like blowing on it, like trying to get different pitches. And uh, I convinced him to play hot cross buns on a Vuvuzela. <laughs> <laughs> Uh because he played trumpet and he right. knows like the Omnisure and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and we opened a battle game. To the sound of hot cross buns on a Boo Boo <laughs> <laughs> Uh, The second time, the second one uh was my first wet event mm-hmm. right after I turned 21. One of Heralder's first ever events right after he turned, I think, 18. Mm-hmm. Um, we were playing cards against humanity. And at the time, he did not curse. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> uh, so he would word replace all the curses in cards against humanity. <laughs> and then it became a competition to see who could give him the most disgusting card. Oh, that's
1: beautiful.
3: <laughs> oh. Um, and Heraldo's little eighteen-year-old voice saying, Two midgets pooping into a buff bucket <laughs> lives rent-free in my head. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So, um, do you know, I know it's been a while, do you have any other, like, replacements that Uh,
3: yes, actually Okay Uh, this one actually made it significantly worse Rush Limbaugh's soft poopy body (laughs) gonna cry <laughs> <laughs> just picture 18 year old older with his little mop haircut like flipping down in front of his eyes trying to say that and then oh no
1: <laughs> so what i'm hearing is at the next uh event is that you should bring cards against humanity and we reenact this moment <laughs> yes I-, I see it underneath <laughs> your table it's perfect we have to do it <laughs>
2: let's do it
1: Okay, Quan, do you have a silly AmpGuard story?
2: Um, I'm also gonna tell a heralder story, but then
5: I'm gonna tell one story. I just no. perfect, <laughs> like
2: okay, so the first one is one of one of the one of the events at the murder barn. I remember walking out of the barn, because I think we had just done breakfast or something, and so a couple of people started a ditch, mm-hmm. and heralder was out there. And then there was this guy, this newer guy that I don't remember his name at all. But what I do remember is that he had made the stupidest hammer I have ever seen.
4: Oh boy. This
2: thing was on like a seven foot pole and it was a block. (laughs) It was just the biggest block of foam ever. So basically what happened is this guy is across the field from Heralder. And what you see is Him drop his hammer, what I think was directly on Heralder's shoulder, but possibly directly on his head. Oh no. And what you see is just Heralder just drops. (gasps) And everybody's like, that's the best RP death we've ever seen. No. (laughs) Oh no. He was out cold for like three (gasps) seconds. Oh my.
3: Oh, that actually reminds me of uh A story that Rabbit mentioned, but didn't fully tell. Mm -hmm. The time he knocked me out on field. Um, (laughs) It was a castle battle years and years ago. Okay, Uh, Rabbit was playing as a greater undead minion, running out with a sword and board, just killing everyone Mm -hmm. and popping back in to get rezzed. Um, And I see him coming down a lane towards me. And I, being a cocksure, dumb Mm 19-year-old, square up thinking, okay, he's either going to stop and fight me on my terms, and I was very confident I could beat him on my terms, Mm -hmm. or he's going to blow past me and I'll get him in the back. Apparently, there was an unknown third option where he collides chest first with me. (laughs) We both tumble to the ground. I fall unconscious for like 10 seconds. Oh no! And when I come to, I am just surrounded by people going, is she dead? <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, that reminds me of my knockout story. Oh, yeah. no. <laughs> so it was the year that we were going for kingdom. We went to Known World War. I think it was Known World War 2 or 3. Um, it was the one where Polaris decided, because Polaris is a very interesting kingdom, and they decided to just bring one weapon mm-hmm. to IK events. Mm-hmm. This one was Polaris. Uh so I remember polaris. Yep. So so that day I have a video from that day of just a field pole. Like more poles than I've ever seen at any AmpGuard event. And some of these are giant. They used sailboat poles oh, to boy. make these pole arms. Some of them were
3: twelve feet long. Yeah. Oh, some of them were longer. Wow.
2: Some of them were like twenty. Mm-hmm. So at that point in the game that we were about to play. Uh, they decided that there were going to be they were going to disallow any ninety forty five strike, no murder strike with any pole arm.
1: Okay. I mean that makes sense which, if you got a twenty foot pole arm.
2: Which included my six and a half foot pole. Arm. <laughs> mm. <laughs> which, if you've known me, has been my main weapon for the six years I've been in Antarctic. Most mm-hmm. people have seen it. Uh it's a Waldo way, we call it Waldo.
5: Uh, mm. a very big pole. <laughs> it, it's a good
2: baby. Doesn't it count as heavy? It does. It's uh, heavy, padded, uh, crushing breaking. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's actually historically accurate, for those of you that don't know, is that that's how much of a nerd I was when I first got into this game. I was very interested in going full Korean, Mm -hmm. which is why I always played Monk, why I made this weapon. It is historically accurate uh, size for an actual boulder. Blade shape, size, and everything. Uh, Mm -hmm. So, anyway, so, I was, of course, towards the front of the line because I had a pole arm against a bunch of other pole arms, so there's about ten pole arms on the other side of the field, and basically at this point, all the pole arms just become pull pole stick right because that's all we can do at this point, besides like sweeping legs uh so this one uh was about at least a four inch diameter pole arm that was being pole sticked, but of course, I am tiny I am short, I'm about five three. So instead of hitting somebody in the chest, me in my fighting stance is even shorter because I bend my knees because that's what I was taught in martial arts. Right. Uh, That's what you're supposed to do. That is what you're supposed to do. So I was crouching with my polearm trying to get under shields and get legs. And then all of a sudden, there's a four inch diameter (laughs) circle that hits me directly in between my eyes. Oh, no. And I fall onto the line behind me so I can't fall on the ground, but I'm out.
4: <laughs>
2: I'm out. And just before this, on the other side of the field, uh, Bashiran got a safety hold because he got hit in the eye with an arrow. Uh, the-, the fletching hit him in the eye. Oh, no. So he was a safety, and I was a hold. <laughs> so we brought the kingdom that had safety issues on the field. <laughs> and so I'm eventually get laid down on the ground because I've dropped everything and have become a limp body on top of people. And so they stop everything. The entire game gets paused for me <laughs> as I wobble back up and get stood up and make it over to the side of the field to hang out with Pi, who was watching the game. Uh, and there's a beautiful picture because Pi's like, this seems like a great time for a selfie because he always... When, has- when have we not seen Pi with a selfie stick at an event? Um. So there's this really hysterical selfie of me and Pi, me in my camp chair, like half conscious, <laughs> s- smiling, attempting to smile. I, I looked drunk. <laughs> <laughs> That's my-, my knockout story.
3: <laughs> Vidalia, have you ever been knocked out on field?
1: No, I haven't. I
3: have gotten a concussion on field. <laughs> um, I was punched with a dagger, you know you asked earlier, and I think that is our um fighting company name. We are the knockout <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's perfect so when i when I uh fall unconscious on field for the first time, I'll submit my application <laughs> to form our fighting company <laughs>
5: perfect I just
1: <laughs> i believe in you <laughs> all right do you feel like that's good yeah i think okay
5: good. i think
3: that's a good place to end it
0: hey everyone thanks for listening if you liked what you heard be sure to subscribe to our podcast on youtube or spotify to get notified about new episodes and make sure to follow us on facebook for announcements and more